Sometimes you just need to kick back, relax, and check in on things in life that affect us every day without adding too much controversy while still focusing on the challenges and joys of everyday life. We've got a show for you about everything from health, life, love, and wealth. Let's wrap up your Saturday with sensible, engaging talk about the topics you missed during the week. This is Alexandra and Friends. Good evening. This is Alexandra and Friends 660 The Answer. Thank you so much for coming to our show every Saturday night at 10 o'clock in the evening. This is already, uh, we're talking about September. We're already in the fall season. It's a nice and uh, not a very warm evening, but we're welcome to have you here. This evening, I, my co-host, Miss Courtney, is here, and Mr. Billy Tatum made it to work today. Hello. We're going to take just a few seconds in, to just uh, bring our Clark family on our um, Pledge of Allegiance. So let's take a moment and let's all pledge our allegiance to the United States of America. Okay, this is Preston, age 15, Callan, age 11, Josie, age 6, and Brennan, age 3. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you so much. It was a wonderful. Um, I always get teary when I hear this kid say the American. <laughs> they are cute. They are so cute. Thank you. They sound wonderful. And I hope we can put them on our uh, website so everybody can see who's the really not Mr. Not our producer, but her his son that does such a good job. Are we job. able to put up pictures? Are there pictures on there of the family? Not yet. Are we allowed to do that? Yes, let's do yes, that. Yes. Well, we have to get permission from our producer. And probably from his Mrs. Family? Clark. We need- <laughs> Mrs. Clark, yes. Oh, we're going to see pictures of Mike on there now? No. No, no. No, he's, no, he's, he's, he's behind the scenes. He's behind the scenes. Did you guys ever grow up and then when the internet first came out, you looked up some of the radio oh my hosts gosh. and you were like, that's not what I thought. We have Just to look shocking. you up, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so thank you so much for being here, Billy. Thank you. We missed you last week. I'm so sorry. I'm, Traffic I'm so is glad. Uh, next time, find state. a way out. <laughs> well, She's when you're in the single lane of an express lane and they just come to a stop, you have no choice. You just put it in park. Courtney, and, how was your week? It was good. Are y'all's allergies just yes. absolutely insane Mine, right yeah. now? Mine, it's yeah. every day. I just, what is the magic secret to make it not so the, just debilitating? Oh, it kills it's me. It's awful. It's awful. So. It makes me have to wear my mask in houses again because I'm <laughs> sniffling and sneezing. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. But no, it's been good. It's been um, a good week. It's been a nice, wonderful, uh, the weather's been How about that amazing. cool down earlier in the week? I got all oh, my yes. fall decorations yeah. out. Already? I got a bale of hay. I was like, we're Whoa. going big this year. I'm going to get my corn stalks up, my bale of hay. Already? It's done. And now it's switching back to warm coffee or hot coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Spice latte. Yeah. I don't even like it, but it's just like, I, do one I just or feel two. like I have to do it. I'll we need to ask our producer to get a pot of coffee for the for this uh, for yes. the Miller, Miller title law. Uh, uh, studio Miller yes. Title Coffee House, yeah, yeah the Miller Title Tyler Miller Title Studio, Miller Ti- Miller Titled Coffee. That's what we need. Oh, that's yeah. what we need. Just get it straight from. Well, how was your week, Ben? <laughs> My week was very busy, very very busy. Real estate is so hot, and of course, I'm going into the development side. So awesome! I'm excited because nice. This is just wonderful. I I don't have to deal with um, foundations anymore. What? <laughs> no, kidding. and we had a great guest on last week that I'm sure oh. is helping you with your development projects. Well, no, Terry. Terry's an architect, so uh, I bring my clients there. Sometimes they go with him, sometimes they don't. But right now, I'm working on a big project, trying to bring a. a I'm selling a couple of the buildings downtown Carrollton, and I'm trying to bring the theater over. Ooh, okay. so this is like a live action project. 
Yeah, nice. I'll tell you about it when That's I get it. That's fun to go to. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. But we actually have a very serious show today, and we're actually going to take up all four segments yes. to talk about the Genesis Shelter. Why don't you introduce our guest? Well, because I want to make sure I pronounce her name correctly. We've got it. Yeah. We practiced. Oh. Oh, there's, that's our producer speaking because he always straighten us up. Yeah. This evening we have a, um, we have an amazing show and it's a very hard show because it's not about fun. It is about violence. Genesis Women's Shelter. And let support. me put it this way. And Genesis support. Women's and support. support. Okay. We have the, uh, Miss Jen and I want to pronounce her name and then she has to correct us. Langbein. Langbein. It's B-E-I-N. Is that German? And she is the CEO and director of the Genesis Women's Shelter and Support. And support. Well, thank you so much for being here this evening. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, gosh. Um, I am very excited about being here today. We do have a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. And it's so timely because October is actually Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Uh, But, however, for those living in a violent home, uh, every month, every week, every day has to be violence awareness. Mm-hmm. So this is a great opportunity to help spread the word about the issue and the resources that are available. Now, are you seeing with um, COVID, have, has there been an increase in cases um, this last year or right? Are, how has that have yes. impacted you and your work? We, you know, COVID was hard on all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we, the whole country still kind of reels from telehealth or Zoom school or do we vax, do we not vax, on and on and on. Um, But for a woman who was quarantined with her abuser, Mm. stay-at-home orders with an abusive partner in the next room, um, we saw an uptick in the abuse. We saw a downtick actually in our hotline because uh, women were not able to call out again. Um, the, the stress that was in the home, we saw femicide on the rise uh, wow. when the first six months. And I felt like once it settled down, uh, we would just it would open the floodgates. Once she could get out, she would get out after that. So, uh, yes, it was very, very hard on all of us and certainly even harder on someone who is living in a violent home. It's harder on the kids. It's harder on the stress. And maybe he lost his job and maybe she lost hers. But uh, to be constantly in the presence of an abusive partner is very, very dangerous. Um, So, yeah, but as we have seen the uh, year pass, uh, we have seen more women calling for help, more women texting for help. Um, Our shelter is full. Our transitional housing uh, is constantly full. But our non-residential actually is our biggest footprint. We know that only a small portion of the battered population will ever seek shelter, only about 7 or 8%. Oh, wow. So for the other 90% or 92% who either haven't left or they've left and they have other residential resources, we have our Genesis non-residential center, which uh, where we will do at least 18,000 counseling hours every year, moms and kids. Now, again, going back to COVID, we were we were forced to shut that office right at mm-hmm. first because it's high population uh, before anybody had vaccines or masks or anything. Um, and we turned to telehealth. Telehealth is about a, as effective. It's better than nothing. But it's, you know, you know, I don't know if you all have children, but how hard it was to do Zoom school with kiddos. They can't focus that. Well, imagine a therapy appointment mm-hmm. online trying to talk about the worst things in their lives um, with potentially yeah. their abuser in the room Absolutely. next door. One of my Absolutely. nieces was on teletherapy. 
I remember. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember her just not paying attention. Oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, this is obviously hard work for you. And it's something where, you know, we see people that are in these high stress situations. They they tend to get burned out. But you have been in this profession for 30 plus years. 30 plus years. Tell us I a little have. bit how you got into all of this. And- I would love to. And I, to your point, I absolutely have girlfriends that stick their fingers in their ears and go, like, how can you stand that? Don't tell me about that. I am so blessed to have this job. I have an, I've been given an opportunity to make a difference in this world. I have a, I've been given an opportunity to see women of courage who has who have the courage to um, pick up the phone and call and say, I need help. That's a hard thing to say, whether it's a, a physical issue you have, an emotional issue you have to, or a financial issue. It's hard to pick up the phone, especially, you know, high functioning, accomplished women. But because domestic violence is an equal opportunity, we get calls from all parts of town, from Carrollton to Oak Cliff to. Highland Park and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did I get into it? I'm sorry, I didn't answer your question. I actually started as a volunteer. I am a member of the Junior League of Dallas. And I don't know if you're familiar with yes, that. but it requi- Yes, it requires a lot of service hours. And I have this theory that there are major leaguers and minor leaguers. And I was always in the minor leagues. I sat on the back row. I made my grocery list. I just put one foot in front of the other. Well, I listened to these major leaguers talk about making a difference in the world. And I thought, ah, that's fine for you, but I don't know that that's for me, right? So it was time to sign up for the next um, placement, as they call them. And I had gone through the book. It's back before it was online. And I had gone through the book, and I, had, I, I was looking for the easy way out. Well, I now know that if you want to make God laugh, you just look for the easy way out of life because it's not there, There's right? Not- so I'm I, I'm on my way to sign up for this, but I had broken one of my, what I call junior league acrylic fingernails. And I thought, well, I want to do good in the community, but I think my nails ought to look nice. So I whip into this salon right before I get to uh, the headquarters where I was going to sign up. And I was, I was, as I was waiting, uh, this magazine slid in my lap and on the front cover, it said, uh, every nine seconds in this country, a woman is battered. One out of every four women you pass will know domestic violence on an ongoing basis. Um, You know, it's the leading cause of injury to women in the United States. I went on through and I read the article about this woman. She was a lawyer and he was a dentist or a professional couple. And he beat her because dinner was late. And I was offended. I did get my nails fixed. But by the time I got to headquarters, I uh, forgot about the easy way out and opened to violence intervention and the section on violence intervention and put my finger down on Genesis. I had never heard of Genesis. I am not from abuse, but that's where I went. And when I got there, I thought these moms would look differently than I do. And they don't. Um, I thought their children would not look like yours and mine. And they do. Mm -hmm. Um, What I have found is that uh, domestic uh, battered women uh, are tall and short and fat and thin. They're black, white, and Hispanic. And the only common thread I can find among all women who come to Genesis is that they were in a relationship with an abusive partner. And at that point, um, I realized I don't know how you turn your back on this. If you know this, if the listeners tonight know this, how can you not be part of the solution? And I'm so glad you're here because um, the having men be a part of the solution Typically, men are the problem. 
90% of the uh, battered population, the woman is the victim and the man is the perpetrator. I can assure you in my house, I would need your help before she <laughs> Right. <would. laughs> Good. Somebody raised her right then, call right? Call her right now yeah. and ask her. Yeah. But, but I need, you know, I but need men true. standing up. I need yeah. men standing up and saying, okay, I'm not going to do it in my house. But it shouldn't be okay with you if it's in Courtney's house. No. And so what are you going to do about that? people aren't privy to that stuff either. Well, you know, and like, I want to talk about that. I have a huge Jen, circle me, of friends, and I don't see the one to four thing, I, but I may not be aware You're not either. looking. And you, yeah. I, want to talk, I want us to talk about the signs, okay? What are the red flags yeah, let's, so we can? I think Absolutely. that's perfect for the next segment. Um, I do want you to put your information out there. If somebody's listening and they only have a few minutes, yes. I think that that's uh, maybe a great idea that you yes. put your information yeah, for people to contact. Our break. Right. Call or text. It's answered. 24 hours a day, 214-946-HELP, or go to our website at www.genesisshelter.org. Great information there. How to help a friend. What are the signs? How to talk to your kids. Very what good. are the resources? And so, I think we'll, we're going to be able to link everything to our website, alexanderandfriends.com, and you can also find information on our Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660. Um, in our podcast. Yep, that's on our website. That's on our website, yes. All right, and our show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberta Perez, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Alexander and Friends 660 The Answer. Our show is sponsored by Miller Title, Roberto Perez, and I want to thank him so much for, for sponsoring us because we're bringing shows to you that really get to the bottom of what's happening in our world. We talk about family health, wealth, and love. And family is um, part of what we're talking about tonight. So we're so glad to have Jan Langbane. No. Langbane. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Who is here today with, she's the chief executive officer of the Genesis Shelter. And Jan, well, Jan would you tell us a little bit about the shelter itself? How, uh, how, how involved you are and what, what do you actually do for the, as as the chief executive officer. I would love to talk about it. When I first went, and I mentioned in the last segment that I started as a volunteer, I volunteered for three years, and then they hired me. Why? I have no idea. I didn't even have a resume. It was a, sol- it was a small organization at that time, and it had sprouted up uh, from the basement of First Presbyterian Church, where a woman had come in because it was not safe to be at home. And uh, the... Concerned community leaders said that's not okay, and the dream of Genesis came about. Uh, but it only started with an emergency shelter. But pretty quickly, we figured that figured out that a, a short stay does not fix it, does not keep her safe. We've added uh, over the years, over the thirty years that I've been there, uh, things that would remove roadblocks from her becoming self sufficient and safe, and you know, uh, her family whole meaning her and her children whole. Um, and so we have added transitional housing. We have added a school on site uh, so that the perpetrator cannot come and check the kids out and then mom doesn't see them again. Uh, we have added preschool on site and child care on site so mom can, you know, go and look for a job. Um, if she needs that or go get a protective order, we'll take care of those babies in a safe place. We've also added, then we added that non-residential facility that I was talking about earlier uh, where moms can moms and kids can go in and in English and in Spanish and no cost no strings attached to say um, I need help I may not maybe not even being able to define am I in an abusive relationship 
if you think it's hard for us to recognize it, it's really hard when you're in it. It's like being overcome by smoke. You don't even know you're dying, right? Mm. Um, and and that's, what you were saying about the red flags, I mean, is that yeah, something that we can lead into at this point? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, before we do, I just want to let uh, the listeners know that uh, Genesis has become a full service response. Know that no matter where she needs the help, we stand ready 24 hours a day. So we have this full service, this continuum of care, including access to civil legal representation. Um, it, it is it is an amazing organization and funded by the community. Uh, we do not receive government funds, and so we rely on the community to make an in-kind donation, make a financial donation, because we have promises to keep to this community that we will be there uh, when the next caller calls. Um, you were talking about, like, how could we recognize? And in our headlines this past week or so, mm-hmm. we've been watching the disappearance of a young woman, Gabby Petito. Mm-hmm. And what, uh, we've watched it closely that we, they didn't know where she was. Now they found remains. Then they found her van. Then they couldn't find the boyfriend and on and on. Um, I was so proud of a couple. And I'm not sure. I think it was in Colorado. Who, at the park. Yeah. Somewhere at the, the park. park it was at the yes. park. Yeah. Who saw him just wailing on her and call the police. Now, to your point, there are a lot of people who say, well, I don't want to get involved in that. Um, the analogy I gave over break was, you know, we have um, received a graduate course in this country about see something, say something. If you're in an airport and you see an unattended bag, you absolutely would mention it. Um, I saw it was at the grocery store one time and saw this kind of to me, it was kind of a shady character. Take his backpack and put it behind uh, um a display out in front of the store and walk away. Oh, goodness. I, right? I mean, so why would you not say something? You, of course, you, well, you have to say something. Even And there was nothing wrong with that backpack. He just mm-hmm. needed a place to store it. But how, if this is the leading cause of injury to women, if it's one out of every three houses in your neighborhood, in your faith community, how do you not say something? Mm-hmm. So recognizing the flags um, is difficult, to your point, because an abuser works very hard at what we refer to as social engineering. He is the dad. He wants you to think he's the dad on the soccer field and the good guy. He's mowing the yard. He's having you over for a, for a beer on Saturday afternoon. Um, what goes on behind closed doors is another thing. So how do we recognize what those signs are? Um, and again, if you'll go to genesisshelter.org on our website, there is how to help a friend. There is what are the red flags. Now, depending on that couple, the red flags will be different. She may, if it say it's a coworker and she doesn't dress appropriately for the season, um, she wears long sleeves and dark glasses and can't, you know, oh, I'm so clumsy. And, you know, the first time you see a bruise or two, I dropped the computer on my arm the other day and I had a big old bruise here. But, you know, once I see that and then I see the other and then I see the other and she explains it away with a box fell on me. Maybe she maybe she no longer comes to family dinners. Maybe she no longer uh, comes to church. That's another one. Um, spiritual abuse is a huge choice of weapon for a lot of abusers, as is financial abuse, as is physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. Uh, So you start looking for a different pattern of behavior and uh, the things that don't make sense or stories that that um, may not add up. And then if she does tell, first thing you got to say is, I believe you. Because, again, he's mm-hmm. back social engineering of saying, hey, listen, if my wife comes out of the house, you know, she's changed her meds. Don't worry about her. Abusers try to get us 
into a, a situation of unintentional collusion with the abuser. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have to say, I believe you. If I came over to your house, Courtney, and I walked into the door crying and I said, I've just been diagnosed with breast cancer. You wouldn't say, yeah, but really, he seems like such a nice guy. Why would you, why would you, you know, what did mm-hmm. you do to get that black eye? What did mm-hmm. you do to get the black eye? I was standing there, right? So I think we have to be aware um, and be willing to step up and say, see something, say something. Um, my husband was a, a, he's a contractor and he was um, working on a house in a neighborhood of actually friends of ours. And the lady across the street at lunchtime ran out the front door and the uh, her husband was right behind her and just grabbed her and dragged her back in. And Steve shook his head and said to the, the family of the house, like, oh, man, I'm going to have to call because I can't go home tonight. It's no, kind of like you. you I can't go home alone. tonight if I haven't said something. And I'm like, good for you. Good for you. And again, when men are part of the solution, when you stand up and say, I'm not going to play golf with you, I'm not going to do a business deal with you because I don't like how you treat your wife and your children. Well, what do you say about the, the women or anyone that, that resist saying anything? I I say you're the make the excuses for the abuser. I say I understand. This is what I say. I say I understand exactly why you why you're doing that. She is the expert on her own safety. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so many times I get the question asked, why doesn't she just leave? Why doesn't she just get out? And a lot of times there's a judgmental sort of, hey, if that were me. But in my lifetime, and I'm going to write a book about this in my lifetime, I want to change the conversation from why did she say I hit him first? Why did she just get out to why did he hit her in the first place? I want to move the the needle from the victim being responsible for her safety to the perpetrator who is, you know, uh, uh, causing her to be unsafe. Right. The reason I ask that is in my life, one example with my ex-wife was we'd been drinking. We were young. We were in our Mm -hmm. 20s and we got in an argument. And and I never hit her, but she started wailing on right. me, and it was nothing. Right. I mean, it was right. really nothing. Right. And I just kind of let her finish. Yeah. And afterward, she apologized, and I apologized yeah. too. I said, yeah. "Look, I know I've got a smart mouth, and I do. Yeah. I can I can boil anyone's blood, but mm-hmm. after I said that, I went, "That's terrible. What if this was reversed, and you apologized for smarting off to me while I wailed on you? Right. And that's that's kind of the." That's when I realized in my 20s that, oh, that's how it happens. It is how it happens. That's how it, that's happens. How it happens. And to be real honest, the verbal and emotional abuse, and I don't know what the argument was about, but the verbal and emotional abuse was... <laughs> it wasn't worth it. <laughs> it, it, it was, uh, that was an assault on her, even though you never hit her with your fist, you hit yeah. her with your mm-hmm. words and your your emotions, Right. And so was that self-defense or was she the prime, the predominant aggressor? Well, we were both drinking, like I said, but yeah. I don't remember the, the details. Yeah, yeah. I just remember the conversation later being, yeah. I excused her yes, physical yes, abuse yes, by saying, yes. oh, well, I shouldn't have smarted yeah, off. Yeah, I shouldn't have done yeah, that. I, sh- I should have had dinner I on the table. Yeah. It's my fault. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. I'll give you an example of something similar. Alcohol plays a big part in people's, right? Like, mm-hmm. just don't drink. It doesn't drink. cause it. Be a happy drunk if you're yeah. going to drink. Yeah. Or just stay away <laughs> yeah, from people right. if Usually you get angry. Am, yeah. So, uh, similar situation. I was in a relationship. The man had been drinking. And I, I smarted off. And I got pushed. And I railed back. And I clocked him. And I laid him out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's something where the next day, look, and he had a bloody lip. It was all bruised and everything. And I think of situations where... I'm a big girl, right? 
And um, I, well, I mean, you know, I, I, it's not like um, you see me and you're like, uh, it's a little intimidating. You know, I'm tall and I'm a little big boned, you know, and so I don't really have a lot of people that come at me, you know, or want to uh, threaten me or whatnot. And how many women have been in that situation where they were pushed and they couldn't fight back? Couldn't fight back. And I think that that's something we need to speak to in another segment is how, how do you one protect yourself in that situation? Okay. I, I do want to say this and I know we need to, we need to end this segment, no, we but didn't. the difference, the difference on both of these scenarios was that it was, you all have told me about a physical incident, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Domestic violence is not about a fight that got out of control. It's all about power and control. It's one person saying, you will do what I say when I do it. I, I wouldn't say that fight or that fight mm-hmm. was domestic was violence. For sure. Ex-wife. It was a, a bad, it was a, it was a bad, bad fight. It wasn't being, it wasn't treating people nicely. But it's nicely also unacceptable too. And it is I think, unacceptable. And that's yeah. something where you talk about red flags and identifying things that those bad decisions don't make that other person or our smart mouth, smart mouth or whatever. But it also as long as you learn from that and you realize that you don't need to speak to somebody the way that you do. And, and if you do, that's probably going to uh, not work out in your favor. Right. So then you change your behavior and you help the other person change their behavior. Never happened again. We were talking, I was doing a training with uh, pastoral staff at a church last week and we were talking to them about when a victim, a survivor comes and talks to you about it, rather than just hearing that he hit me and then I pushed him and then I cried and uh, he put a fist in the wall, rather than listening to the things, mm-hmm. the it is how did it impact her? Was she afraid? Did she feel like nothing? Did she feel like a piece of meat? Did she? How is it impacting her? The power and, and look for the signs of the power and the control. So domestic violence is more than just the technicality side. Absolutely. Of it. it's, it's Absolutely. everything leading up to the technicality. The physical and, violence, the sexual violence, the emotional, the spiritual, all of that just keeps the power and control. If you think of a bicycle. So tire. all of that's abuse then. Yes. All of it's abuse. It's not Absolutely. Just, not just the moment when they hit you. It's all everything of it else abuse. too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up this segment again. Will you go ahead and put your information out there for the Genesis sure. Center and yes. support? Yes, our 24-hour hotline and text line is uh, 214-946-HELP. And our website, and I invite all listeners to go to www.genesisshelter.org. Lots of great information, lots of resources. If you are a, or someone you know needs help, please reach out. Very good. And we'll be back with Jan Langbein here in a minute. The show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. And now Alexandra and Friends presents questions with the sponsor. Here is Courtney with Roberto Perez of Miller Title. Roberto, what is title insurance? I'm glad you asked. Uh, title insurance is what you would get as a guarantee that the transfer of your real estate transaction is clear. So it's kind of like the uh, insurance policy for that sale. To learn more about Miller Title and Roberto Perez, go to MillerTitleTX.com. Welcome back to Alexandra and Friends. We're here with the CEO of Genesis Women's Shelter, Jan Langbein. And uh, now we want to ask you about why does he do it? Right. What, 
what causes that? What do we look for? How do women identify this when they're starting to get involved with I, someone up front? You I know? wish we could see them coming. I really do. Do you have any they statistical are masters. numbers? They are masters at being the great guy. The, the relationship comes on quickly. He is charming. He's the, you know, the maybe he has saved me from a bad marriage from before he is yeah charming you don't be charming (laughs) but uh yes there are signs but i i'm so glad billy that you asked me the question why does he do it why does he do it um there are a couple of things i want to touch on number one he does it because he can and he does it because it works and he, he does it because um we live in a society uh that doesn't hold him accountable um, there's there's no impetus for him to change his behavior, right? You come to work drunk, you're going to be fired. You go home and beat your wife. What 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 would make you change your behavior? Um, and but now when I really think about it, um, when we get down into kind of the clinical piece of it, the uh, perpetrator of domestic violence has three beliefs that are so embedded in his being that there is no changing his mind. There's no talking him out of it. Number one is he believes he has the right to anything he wants, when he wants it, how it's fixed, when he has it, whatever. Um, He believes so strongly that it is his right to have whatever he wants. And number two is um, she is responsible for making that happen. And number three is he has the right, in fact, something God has told him he must punish her when she doesn't uh, uh, perform this, you know, make this happen, obey, make this happen for him. So the first time I ever heard that, uh, you know, this intrinsic belief that he has the right to have what he wants, he, she is the responsible and he can punish her if she doesn't. I tried to think of something that I believe that strongly. And um, I, you know, I'm kind of a open-minded person. If you want to talk politics or Senate bill eight, or if you want to talk to me about, you know, whatever, I'd be like, oh, really? That's, you know, I'm, I want to dialogue with you about it. But there's one thing that you can't talk me out of, and that's my belief in baby Jesus. I mean, I just, it is, and uh, you couldn't, there's no reasoning that you could talk me out of it. And that's how strongly be, uh, abusers believe in their right to have their way. So it's difficult when people say, um, you know, can he change? He can, but will he is the deal. Uh, It's working for him. And let's say he does get arrested. Let's say the uh, former judge Lisa Fox sent him to batter's intervention and prevention Mm -hmm. counseling, right? Absolutely. But if he does not want to change his behavior or say he recognizes if I hit her again, now it's going to be enhanced to a felony, then I I could go to the pen. Um, He may not hit her again, but he's not. He hasn't stopped being an abuser. So maybe he ratchets up the verbal. Maybe he ratchets up the emotional. Maybe he doesn't let her, again, go to church anymore. Maybe he just completely uh, destroys who she is as a person. It's still abusive. It's just a different choice of weapon. Mm -hmm. Um, So who are these guys? They wear lab coats and jeans and business suits. It's as different as every uh, victim of domestic violence. How do we see him coming? We can't. We think he is this knight in shining armor. I never had a boyfriend in high school, but I sure did want one. And I think if somebody had come with flowers and teddy bears and let's go to the football game, I would be in love and fast, right? These guys can seek out people who don't have the defenses that maybe you or I would have. 
um, it's almost like if somebody wants to break into your house and they have plenty of time and they have the tools, they certainly can do it. But now if they come to my house and they see a German shepherd in the kitchen floor and there's a Brink sticker and three double bolt locks, they're going to go next door to a house that no, isn't that hard to break on the into. Weakest. Praying on the weaknesses. Yeah. Now, and, what? A, well, and I don't mean to cut you off, and I know we no, have so much right. to no, cover, no, no, but so how you say, you know, you see somebody um, charming and the flowers and things like that, and they seek out people that are, quote, weak, but those people are not necessarily weak, but what is it about them that is maybe their self-worth that these abusers hone in on i mean yeah i guess i guess as a woman like what are some things as a woman that you can do to not allow yourself to yep. g- give off or offer up or yeah, engage it, with these people courtney you're right i i we use the word weak but it's it's vulnerable i was probably vulnerable, vulnerable yes, in high school I, that's the word even I though i was a strong person i was a smart girl mm-hmm. but i was vulnerable because i'd never had a boyfriend and everybody else did and i didn't uh what we can do is look for the signs I told my daughters raising them, protect yourself physically, financially, and emotionally. And, you know, if somebody comes on and says, well, I'm going to handle all the finances, that's a red flag for me. If somebody comes on and says, you know, I'm going to make all the business decisions and we're going to look at the stock portfolio in a different way because I'm smarter, that's a real big red flag for me. Um, uh, well, some people controlling could, from the beginning, from the beginning, well, that just, might be a red flag. And, and but I also think that a lot of people yeah. feel like that is um, how a man leads his home. Right. I mean, that's something where you hear all the time. Well, right. I don't want to disrespect my husband because he is the one that's working. He should be allowed to make all the decisions. I mean, how how do you combat that as a woman? You know, and I, this is. I don't understand that because that's not me. But I do understand I have friends that and I'm like, listen, from a standpoint of let's remove the controlling part. What if something happens to him? Then what do you do? Because now you have no insight into how your family's change around that perception of a woman's role. We like that in our. Well, see, before I came here, I thought surely domestic violence is getting better. Surely (laughs) this is has enough awareness and then I looked up the statistics. It got worse yeah, during yeah. COVID. It's worse. Yes. I was like, oh, my gosh, right. when are we going to learn? When are we going to learn? Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. That's a very and good what, question. Yeah, what, yes. How are we all going to be involved in the solution? Okay. You can't literally um, talk about it. What you're doing right now, mm-hmm. every listener listening has a friend, a coworker, a family member that needs to know 214-946-HELP. Every listener needs to know what to say to their daughter who is vulnerable of being in a violent relationship. It's one out of every three teens. Mm -hmm. So if you start looking at what is a good relationship, you cannot start when they're in high school. You start when they're young and you say hands are not for hitting and I'm not going to hit you and I'm not going to let anybody hit me. Um, You know, but it just is. It's just so sneaky. It's just so sneaky. Uh, Again, back to your point, if if your faith, uh, whether you are. You know, you have a egalitarian uh, relationship or a complementary complementary relationship. Um, there, nowhere in Judeo Christian teaching is there justification for abuse. Absolutely. I think this makes this. I think this makes God cry. Um, there's lots of scripture that is misinterpreted, and, and abusers, if this is important to you, will go back and use those as a choice of weapon. Mm-hmm. You're not a Proverbs 31 wife. To which I say, read on down the rest of the, read the whole chapter, mm-hmm. not just the. It's a mutual respect. It is a mutual, mutual respect, respect, as is yeah. Ephesians, yes. as is, you know, all, a lot of scripture that is actually used as an excuse for abuse. And Jen, let me ask you a question. Uh, one thing that I found, I was with a, in corporate for many years, 
you start watching people starting to take off work for reasons that, you know, and they start, or companies, or do you ever train with companies? I worked for a big corporation that people, you see a woman coming to work maybe on Monday and she's a little bit, you know, bruised and then she's not there Wednesday. Do companies have the ability to work with, with these people, whether men or women that are in, Absolutely. To kind of look at what are they EAP programs? Well, yeah, yeah, and that's that's good. But how many of those counselors have had training in domestic violence? And that's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. But when you start seeing a change in her work, uh, her practice in her work uh, ethics, um, you start to look at that. Even if it's not, you don't just intervene. You should intervene because it's the right thing to do. But also, you need to hear in corporate America, approximately $8 billion are lost every year yep, as a result. Economic impact. Absolutely. Yes, yes, Absenteeism. Yes. taking Turnover. Off and, okay. Absolutely. Or he sabotages her work. Mm-hmm. And then he, she's more dependent on him. Now, maybe mm-hmm. it is as simple as I'm a lawyer, but my salary goes straight into his bank account and I have no say over it. You know, that's a red flag. But corporate America, actually, because of OSHA, has the responsibility of providing a safe work environment. Because women are, battered women are working women, domestic violence goes to work. And many times, if, they, if he cannot find her at night, if she's moved to another town, mm-hmm. he knows where she is during the day, and that's where the homicide happens. So it is incumbent upon corporate America to be part of the solution, as it is our faith communities, as it is our medical communities. We all have to be part of this. And if we all stood up, did what we could with what we had, we could turn this around. We're turning around COVID, for the love of God. We we have found a vaccine for that. This is more deadly than COVID. That's right. That's and so right. we we need us to dig down. It shouldn't just we shouldn't turn the other way when legislation puts us in more vulnerable positions, health wise or otherwise. We shouldn't uh, allow this to happen. We're standing on the shoulders of women like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who or women farther back who were force fed semolina. To give us the right to vote, we as, a, you know, we as human beings need to all stand up and let our voices and our votes be heard. I have a question. What happens, and, and I've seen this personally, when there's a domestic violence at home, they call the police, <clears throat> they come to pick them up, and she says, I'm not filing any charges. Right. The state of Texas actually files the charges. It's not up if police know how to do this, mm-hmm. if they've received the training. And I do want to talk about the Conference on Crimes Against Women, where police go, 3,200 from all over the United States, get training on how to respond to a domestic violence call. They're very tricky. My car gets stolen. It's pretty straightforward. But she's saying, oh, no, no, please don't take him. And I know why. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't go to work tomorrow, there's no food on the table for the babies and mm-hmm. no diapers. Um, so whatever she's saying doesn't matter because if the, the law says, if there is probable cause, there shall be an arrest. Okay. Police need to know how to identify the predominant aggressor. If I am fighting back, if I put a scratch on him, um, that is, I am, that is self-defense and we all have the right to self-defense like you did in that scenario you were talking about. Um, yeah, we all have a right to self-defense if we feel like we're in danger. But, uh, yeah, and the other problem is, uh, you know, he gets arrested, but within hours, usually mama comes down and bonds him out, and now he's really mad, right? Or they come out, they can't figure out what happened, and he said, she said, and they walk away. She will pay the price for calling the police in the first place. Mm -hmm. If the neighbor calls the police, there can be, um, Mm. you know, uh, the police aren't going to say the lady next door called. 
or shouldn't say that. Right. But, uh, you know, she's going to pay the price. This is my house. I'm king of this castle. I can't believe you brought somebody into my house. Have you talked to the lady next door? Why do you think she, you know, is butting into our business? And the next time she doesn't call. She just doesn't call. It's too hard. Unfortunately. What do you see on the children when you bring them to the to the shelter? Yes. How, how do you work with them? Alexandra, these kiddos are the true victims of all of this. They have received on-the-job training to be tomorrow's victims and tomorrow's abusers. All these children have been traumatized, as has mom. The assault lasts 15 minutes. The, the trauma that surrounds it will last 15 years. So we work with kiddos to uh, break that generational cycle of violence We try to help heal their little hearts that look like Swiss cheese. We pour a lot of resources into our children's program. Very good. This is Alexander and Friends 660, The Answer. This show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez, our co-host tonight, Billy Tatum, and Courtney Hathcock. Hathcock. I was going to call you Hitchcock. (laughs) (laughs) We're here this evening with Jan Langbein, and we'll be right back. And now Alexandra and Friends presents questions with the sponsor. Here is Alexandra with Roberto Perez of Miller Title. Roberto, what is a title company? Why should I close out a title company? A title company is necessary to handle a transfer of real estate transactions. So it could either be commercial or residential. And we basically make sure everything in the transaction goes per the contract. To learn more about Miller Title and Roberto Perez, go to MillerTitleTX.com. You're listening to Alexander and Friends 660. The answer to this show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. And this evening we're talking about abuse, violence and abuse of women and children, adults, elderly, men, all facts of life. So we have a great guest tonight, Jan Langbein. She's the executive <laughs> officer of Genesis Shelter, and we are so excited to have you here and really talking about the real issues of not only faces women, but men, children, and elderly, because yes. elders are abused just as bad as women. Mm-hmm. And It impacts children. our entire it, society, it impacts, yes. and, and it's It's, it's a physical sad. and yep. mental impact, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, please uh, continue the conversation, because we're having an amazing evening. We're opening now, to you. You were talking about the, the conference with yes. the police? Yes, yes. Uh, I had mentioned, I had referenced the intersection with the police and um, the Pettit, Gabby Pettit, and the police responded, which is good, Um, but I don't know that they could have identified the red flags. I don't know these patrol officers. And again, when she's saying, I did it, please go away. It's going to make it worse for me if I, you know, whatever. Um, we actually are, are dedicated to raising, not, not only providing services, but raising the awareness about domestic violence and educating the community like we're doing here this evening. Uh, every year, Genesis, um, co-hosts with the Dallas police, the International Conference on Crimes Against Women. Uh, 3,200 people come to Dallas, law enforcement, prosecutors, advocates, nurses, forensic nurses, uh, probation, they, judges. They come and they learn the best techniques for advocacy, prosecution, investigation um, uh, with regards to all kinds of crimes against women. We seem at no loss to have one more case, one more case, one more case. But uh, strangulation on, of course, domestic violence, sexual assault, human trafficking, 
um, all the different kinds of abhorrent things that are done to women. Uh, But every year we come and we move the needle just a little bit farther on holding accountable perpetrators and providing safety for victims. Uh, This next year, it will be on May 23rd through 26th. We have our fingers triple crossed that this will again, once again, be in person. Uh, We feel like that the networking uh, people coming from all over learn from the best experts in the country. There is one expert, a Dr. Uh, Andrea Seferis, who's the world's leading expert on aquatic homicides. Dallas had a case several years ago where um, the, the perpetrator reported that she fell in the tub. Uh, but it, when it was investigated correctly, um, she was actually held under the water. Oh. Or it wasn't just a lake accident, you know, a swimming accident. It was actually domestic homicide. Uh, with regards to homicide, I, you know, I don't want I don't want our listeners to hear tonight and think, oh, my gosh, there is no hope. I am the most hopeful person in the world that we can make a difference in this. Um, I actually chair the Dallas County um, Intimate Partner uh, uh, Death Review Team. And um, it's a gru- it's, it is gruesome, but we honor every person's life by reviewing their deaths. And at the end of the meeting, we say, could this have been prevented? We, have, we are uh, actually at the medical examiner's office, and we sit around this large table with, with prosecutors and police and hospital folks and shelter folks and court people, and uh, we end up at the end with the question, could this have been prevented? And we go around the room and say, did you talk to her? Did you talk to her? We didn't see her. Did she call the police? Did she get a protective order? Was she ever in court and the answer in our first report that we printed after five years was there was no intersection whatsoever none and i mean we market i'm here talking now yeah. uh, we're going to have a lunch and learn at noon we're going to have i mean it just goes on we have a conference how is it no one there was no intersection and then because i am a half full glass kind of girl um i said well where there is intersection she doesn't die Where there's intersection, she doesn't die. So you tonight are providing intersection. Your listeners can provide intersection. I want to fill the listeners' pockets full of information uh, so that that maybe that next-door neighbor doesn't die. Maybe if I saw something and said something, it doesn't end in the death of a mother or a sister or a daughter. Um, we know it escalates. We know it doesn't stop uh, when she leaves. Abuse doesn't stop until mm-hmm. the abuser stops abusing. That's what we have to keep in mind. So to summarize what you're saying right now is ask for help, because if you don't, it can be deadly. Yes. And and, yes. The, you're, and are you saying the more cases where you see domestic violence end in death is the, is the ones that never sought any help, that's never had can, an intersection? Yeah, Billy, that's all I can figure out is if... if, if in, in five years, in all the cases we reviewed that none of them had ever called the police or gotten a protective wow. order or called a shelter, then I have to flip that in my mind or I'd be smacking my head against that wall. Um, we Understand. all can be a part of that solution, and it cannot be left on the steps of Genesis or on the steps of the police or on the steps of the courthouses. We all have to be involved. We owe that to each other, right? We need to turn to each other and say, you know, I'm scared for you. Is there something, too, that you can pass on to maybe some of our listeners that are in that current situation mm-hmm. and they don't feel like they're 
worthy of the help right. or they don't think that there is a, a mm-hmm. finish line to yeah. getting them a, out of the situation. What can you do or say to empower them to maybe seek out some assistance? Yeah, I, yeah, I would say reach out just to say, hey, girl, snap out of it. You are worth something. That's like telling me there is no baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I have been told so many times that two plus two is five that I can't even hear you when you tell me I'm worthy or that I'm special, or I am accomplished, or I'm too fat or too thin, or you're not fat, or whatever. I cannot hear you because someone in authority has told me two plus two is five. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's a process. Is My point is, it's a process. First, we want to get her safe. First, we want to get her children safe. And we can begin to work through the trauma, walk beside her uh, as she heals from the trauma, and along the way, she finds, wait a minute, I can do this. I can do this. I can support my children. I can live independently. I'm not ugly. I'm not too fat or too thin or whatever mm-hmm, he's told me mm-hmm. why no one else would want me. Mm-hmm. I think somebody might want me. I mean, it is almost like these aha moments that happen at Genesis in counseling. We surround each family with uh, a treatment team, advocates who help her with replacing that child's inhaler or, or the glasses that got broken when he smacked her in the face. But our, our focus of uh, healing, hope and healing, she has been told in a million different ways that nobody will hear you, nobody will believe you, and nobody will help you. And tonight, right here, right now, we call him a liar. We, there is help. There is hope. And you will be believed. Mm-hmm. Call 214-946-HELP. And what's the website again? www.genesisshelter.org. Very good. And do you have any any other information that you'd like to share? Um, we've got we've got a few minutes. Yes, I am so excited. Like I say, I'm the most positive you're, you're person. Amazing. This, I know you're, you're amazing. But, uh, as I mentioned, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and we want to say thank you to the Galleria. They have uh, they will be installing a um, wall display for us that is 50 feet long and 12 feet high. It will uh, be there through the month of October, awesome. starting October the 4th. Um, and it ha- it is, and they didn't stick us down in the corner that nobody goes by. It's across from the Apple Store on oh, Level 1. Awesome. Awesome. And go check it out. It's, please do. We hope yeah. everyone will go check it out. And it starts with the statistics. And then it talks about the impact. And then it talks about what Genesis does. And then one of my favorite things is this life-size QR code where you can scan and support. Because what, what, do I, what do we need? We need your gently used clothes. We need your credit card number. We need you, whether it's $20 or $20,000. There are people listening tonight who can help me keep the promise to that next woman who has the courage to call. The Almost the back half, not the back half, the last end of it is all about our men's auxiliary called Heroes. He respects others. And it is gentle men, like I was saying, Billy, earlier, um, who say, I'm not going to do it, but it's not okay with me if it happens in her house, right? Mm-hmm. They come down, they, they grill every Tuesday night. They serve our family's dinner. They shoot baskets with awesome. our kiddos. And this organization sits in court on the bride's side of the courtroom when we're trying to get uh, protective orders, and they happen. They happen. The judge is awake. The bailiff is awake. Um, and we get protective oh, orders. They're awake. They're, yes. they're awake, exactly. Um, and so our heroes 
put trikes together for us. They mentor our little boys one-on-one of what it's like to be a gentleman. So that's all out there. I hope everyone will go out. There's a place where you can actually, um, you know, like sometimes they'll have I heart, big D or something, and you can pose in front of it. This is one out of every three, and it's cut out paper dolls where you can stand in the middle and say, okay, which awesome. one are you? Awesome. We need to take some pictures and put Please them on our do. website. Please on that. do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. One question I have very quickly. Is there, can we have, can you get people to come and volunteer? How can volunteers? Yes, oh. we love volunteers. However, because of COVID, and I know a lot of people are saying that, we have volunteers rock our babies and answer our phones and cook dinners in the shelter and help us make ready the rooms and mm-hmm. all kinds of volunteers. However, because of COVID, we have had to shut that down. Um, we can't have people coming in, um, and then also we wouldn't want to infect somebody coming in if we had a case of COVID in-house. So we're barely getting back to what we can do. We're doing more outside things. But you know what? Some Everybody who's listening can do. We have a benefit thrift store, the Genesis Benefit Thrift Store on Lemon Avenue and Knight Street um, in Dallas, and you can take gently used clothing, those things in the back of your closet that you haven't worn in so long pre-COVID clothes or housewares or uh, children's toys or books or what I don't give away to our clients. They shop at no cost. I can sell, I can, you know, sell a man's suit and that money goes back to pay for the glasses that we replace when uh, she comes into the shelter. 100% of the proceeds go back to emergency client assistance. So you have a thrift store. Is that what you do? Thrift store. Oh, Uh, yes, ma'am. On Lemon Avenue at Knight Street. And it's on our website as well. Everyone can clean out the attic, clean out. I can sell a set of golf clubs. I can sell. And another book that I'm going to write is things people have donated and want a tax write off for. We have had cremains (laughs) donated. We have had pornography donated. I mean, it is is a crazy thing. We don't sell that. We don't sell cremains or pornography. So uh, definitely that was destroyed. But it amazes me of people's. And you mentioned a book. Do you have a book out there that's available? I don't, but it's in my head, and I'm telling you it's coming. We've had several authors we probably should connect with. Please let me come back. Yes. Please let me come back. We will have you come back. When I have that book published, okay? Yes. Um, Yes. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with tonight? Yeah, I I just want to go back to the fact that um, uh, if if you or someone you know needs help, there is help. 24 hours a day. You're not alone in this. Um, and whatever, again, whatever choice of weapon that he used to keep this power and control at the center of that relationship, we can get beyond it. We can absolutely get beyond and, it. And again, to the other side of that, if if you see something, say something. Yes. It's okay to get involved because you potentially could save that person's life. Absolutely. That is absolutely a great way to end. Um, and I also, uh, I would be careful about it. I wouldn't do it in front of him. Oh, for sure. I would reach out. I would make a phone call, have a signal with the there's, neighbor. There's no regret with help. There's no regret with help. That's a great, great thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Go and ahead and leave us with the number one more time, please. Yes. Call or text 214-946-HELP and go to our, or go to our website, www.genesisshelter.org. There is help and there is hope. Thank you, Ms. Jan. Langbein for being here with us from the Genesis Women's Shelter and Support. This is Alexandra and Friends. Please check out our Facebook. All of our previous episodes are loaded on our website, Alexander and Friends, and also our Facebook, Alexandra and Friends 660. And domestic stops here tonight. Have a great night. You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, your weekend fill of all topics that matter to you. Join us again next week at this same time for Alexandra and Friends on 660 AM, The Answer.